Welcome in Living Waters. We are doing what we are calling Living Waters Sketches because we believe that telling people stories helps us create connection, create community. And so Christina's with me as always. And we have with us Alyssa Curlinger. And we thought it would be fun for the beginning of these Living Water, Living Water Sketches is to interview our leadership council. So Alyssa's been on the leadership council for a little bit and has been walking with us through this last crazy season and into what's ahead. So thank you for hanging out yes. with us today. Yeah. Um, we started as we have on all of these little sketches that we're doing with people is asking what is her favorite snack. So she said apples and peanut butter. Really so, anything with peanut butter. Anything with peanut butter. Right. <laughs> is that what uh, you said? I didn't she, say that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're going to have, we're going to have a little bit of apples and peanut butter just to begin our, our hangout time together. Oh, yeah. So we went with uh, Skippy. You don't have a peanut butter preference. You're, you're not no. a big, uh, you love peanut butter, but you're not. Uh, no, creamy snob. or crunchy though. Yeah, are you snobby Either. about peanut butter? I'm not snobby about peanut butter. Just give me oh, peanut yeah. butter. Oh, I'll be that happy. Looks, okay. Definitely looks sugar free. I um, sugar in that. Yeah, none. Don't really like peanut butter except with oh. apples. Perfect. Apple. About you twice a year. Yes. Butter? There you go. So you don't eat peanut butter. No, I will today, and then I won't for another six months. Right. But without <laughs> apples, you wouldn't. Not really. Not my. I go. mean, I have to be in a weird craving, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was a missionary with young adults for way too long, and. Just watched too many 19-year-olds consume gallons of peanut butter for mm -hmm. ever to be appealing. Yeah. yeah. This is a great really? choice for eating into the That just the set you too. off of peanut Oh. I know. I, well, I think I've <laughs> never been a huge peanut butter person. But when you buy like six adults, literally, I would buy like eight of these a week. <laughs> wow. That's more than one a person. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it would be gone within days. No. Like it wouldn't carry the whole week. But oh. that yeah. would be me. Was, no. Yeah, I think that this is one of my this is one of my favorite snacks is apples and I, I love green apples and almond butter, mm. but apples and peanut butter is super solid. And you definitely need like a nice uh, tart apple. Yeah, it's good. It's Have you tried this? Is it tart enough? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's great. Not oh, very fancy. <laughs> Pre-cut pre apples. Mm -hmm. No, you spent hours cutting those up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All eight slices. Yeah. I yeah. most, often, <laughs> most often nick my hands is at night with my late night snack of apples and Not peanut paying butter. attention enough. Yep. Not using the correct knife. So that's good. Love it. I am I am a little bit of a peanut butter snob, but I which one which Skippy's your... all right. Jeff would be what I go to. Mm -hmm. Yep. Creamy or crunchy. Jeff, or extra crunchy. Jeff. Uh, that I don't care. I think I love. Okay. But if I'm doing apples, I'm looking, I usually do the creamy peanut butter. Yeah. Butter. That's just how I do it. So, um, okay, Alyssa, tell us about your hometown. Where are you from? Medford, what, Oregon. And how, and, <laughs> That's and how so exciting. And, and what brings you here? Uh, so, yeah, I'm born and raised in Medford, Oregon. Lived here my whole life. I left for a couple years after high school and did YWAM in Puerto Rico for two years. Really? I did mm -hmm. not know that. Yeah. Okay. I did, but then Medford drew me back. Yeah. I came back home. Yeah. Medford. Medford. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, I think I've been at Living Waters since, I think, 2001, 20 years. Yeah. I think I was in, like, fifth grade when I started coming. So, Ryan got a deal with me all through youth group. Yeah. We were oh, there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> OG. It was good times. Um, yeah. So, 
That's some gig. That's and rad. Good long, good long stretch. So, and now you live here. Mm-hmm. How long have you been married? Married to Mike. Do you want to tell us anything about him? Or married to Mike Curlinger. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, everyone knows Mike <laughs> Curlinger, so you can't go anywhere without someone knowing yeah. Mike. Yeah, he's been, he's been around a long time as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We will be married 10 years this wow. year. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. What? I feel like I don't know how we got here so fast. Decade. So, I, yeah, my... You may notice that I just had like a whole out of body experience just then. It was like, I wonder if the camera was zoomed in on me as I like just calculated the entire, my entire existence. That's Ryan so married us. Yep. Cool. Wow. So cool. Yeah. So, well. Was Mike in youth group too? Is that how you guys oh, met? Yeah. Did you meet in yeah. youth group? We did meet in youth group. Wow. Okay. We were not super close friends in youth group. He was loud and yeah. extrovert yeah. and crazy and i had like my one friend chore. and i was like in a corner yeah. he was a chore he was a chore <laughs> <laughs> i could believe it yeah no it was wonderful times but he's, he was more like, challenging than Alyssa. yeah <laughs> we'll just leave it leave it we'll at that, leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh what do you do for work and yeah buckle up so yeah, let's see <laughs> explain this to us uh so i am a research associate for um, the Oregon Center of Excellence for Assertive Community Treatment. Wow. So, Did you get that? Self-explanatory <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah, <laughs> Just right. walk away with yeah. that, right? Yeah, cool, cool. No. So Assertive Community Treatment, it's a program. Um, it's a mental health program. And it's um, all over the state. There's programs all over the state. Uh, OHA kind of oversees these programs. Um, it follows a very specific evidence-based model. And it's really focused on some of the most vulnerable population with severe and persistent mental illness, people with schizophrenia and bipolar diagnosis. And it's set up to really help people stay stable in the community, whereas oftentimes they would be institutionalized, whether in jail or in the hospital. And so it's really a multidisciplinary team of people fully coming around someone to support them staying stable in the community, you know, not being homeless, um, getting jobs, going back to school, whatever is part of their recovery, what they want. Um, So the team that I work with, we really oversee the program to make sure that, you know, they're trained. They, we provide technical assistance to make sure they understand the model, that they're following the model because it is evidence-based. You know, we, we expect certain outcomes to come from the program. Um, they're all trackable. So yeah. And so that's really my job is to track quarterly, track some of those outcomes. We have teams report, um, a lot of data. I love data. Yeah. I know all of these like human services mm-hmm. providers who are like, I just want to work with people in the community. I'm like, give right. me the numbers right. <laughs> and they working? hate it. Is yeah. it effective? Yes. Are you making a difference? Are you making, yeah. How are we impacting and where do we need to improve? So that's really where I come in. The rest of my team, they're all trainers. They're working with programs to train them up in the model, um, provide feedback where need to. Wow. And then I get to come in and do like program evaluation to see how effective is the model in Oregon. We're, it's a model that's been around for over, I think, almost 50 years, wow. and it's international, yeah. but it's fairly new to Oregon. It didn't really get established here to fidelity, to the evidence-based model, maybe 2013. Wow. So we're yeah. actually fairly new to the game. Um, okay. So we've been doing 
Yeah, I get to work from home. And when we're not in pandemic times, I get to travel around the state, which has been really fun. I've, you know, born and raised in Medford, but I've got to see more of Oregon in the last three years working in this job than in my whole life. So that's been really fun being able to travel all over. So it sounds like there's a lot of different elements to this job that you enjoy like mm-hmm. have you always been passionate about mental health or mental health awareness or i know you like data and traveling mm-hmm. so like what is that fulfilling aspect is it just the numbers <laughs> no i mean i got my degree in sociology okay. i was always like you know i want to i want to show up for people yeah. and that's always been my heart but i think i think you can also figure out where do you fit in, in those, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I did a little bit of, um, direct service work and it just, I'm such an introvert yeah. and I'm so, it's hard for me to show up for people every single day in that way. Yeah. And, and I didn't expect to get into mental health. It was like, I graduated and I had been doing research at school on student retention and a friend of mine's like, Hey, I'm doing, um, supportive education for this program here locally in Jackson County. We help people in the mental health field. Like we help them go back to school and you are really like, you know a lot about the school system and about keeping people in school. Would you want apply for this? So I said, you know, I I needed experience uh, kind of out in the professional world. I'd been at Starbucks for 10 years. So I was like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. And so I did that for like three months and then, Jackson County had like huge layoffs at mm, health and human services. That, that, yeah. And since I had only been there for a few months, they, you know, I was like bottom of the totem pole yeah. there. But since I'd got my degree in, I'd really focused my sociology degree on research and doing social research. Yeah. And I found that I really enjoyed that aspect of it because it is so important. You know, we, we think we have these ideas of what would be good for people, oh, yeah. but if you yeah. actually you know, and that's our, usually from our own experiences, we think this will be good for someone because I've experienced this as being good. But when you ask, you know, maybe a larger group of people, maybe that's not the case. And I think a lot of policies and things get put into place because people are like, well, I, I experienced this as good. And so I want to put this as a policy instead of asking, it's not effective. It's not effective because maybe that's not the case for majority of people or for the people, the policy is trying to serve. So I found that I loved research for that aspect, being able to provide something concrete and actually Mm -hmm. get a wider perspective on topics. Um, so when I got laid off or when I knew I was about to get laid off, I was, you know, just looking around and this job was available. It was open and just my, by chance. Just just yeah. by chance. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so I'd had now I'd had mental health experience and I had this, you know, uh, minor in in social um, research. Mm-hmm. And my boss knew my old boss knew my current boss and she gave me a great recommendation. It was just, I I you know, yeah. it was divine yep, absolutely. intervention of just kind of me staying open to be like, all right, yeah, this, this door's opening, let's walk yeah. through it. And then that door closed pretty fast, but then yeah. this new one walked, you know, and, um, I, I love the yeah. work that I get to do it's now. It's so cool to think of how you're aware of your own strengths and, and then what draws from you and what, what gives you life. And mm-hmm. that so often we think I'm going to help people. I have to be that person that's yeah. right on the front lines yeah. and you don't imagine that wait a minute and behind all of that is god's yeah. going to place the right people into the right positions to be yeah. able to have like massive effect 
for people and that's just so cool that you're comfortable enough in your own skin and who you are yeah. Yeah. this is my strength and i'm going to love people this way and show up for people this way. yeah it's just, it's I, just so, so cool i did feel a little bit like you know i kind of questioned myself like the most important work is the direct work you know yeah. like that seems like it's but it just there just so wasn't a good yeah there's so much more to it yeah. and you need every aspect yeah. to yeah. make you know to make it work well so you're the, you're the unsung hero yeah. and your pjs at home i'm okay with that too <laughs> yes. but we do want you to get back on the road yeah, yeah i know it's not too far out not too get far to, you out get do some more of that traveling and check yeah. on some other communities yeah. and make sure things are working and that I mean, that's yeah. i'm so, so i love that too and and like leading a church and i want us to be doing things that are effective and and oftentimes the things that look the most effective aren't actually effective and, mm-hmm. and it's a funny time to be in because church is being reformed it's being refined and we're called to make disciples but the church model has has started to quantify success through a lot of things that maybe are good at gathering people are good mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. making a building but yeah are they really good at making disciples and so the things you're talking about and the way you're yeah. saying let's build that support system it it resonates with my heart for sure because mm-hmm. i want to be good at making disciples and like yeah. all the other stuff that looks like we're doing a great job or this is really neat it's maybe not as effective as we yeah. as we think it is and i think that's probably what you're discovering on the mental health side of things is a lot of the stuff that looks good is not as effective as we want it to be yeah. so um but you are on the leadership council, you've been with us for years and years and years. Um, but one of the things that we love to have you as a leader in the house is looking forward. So one of the questions we had is on this living water sketch session is just what are you seeing or sensing as a part of the leadership council, as you're looking forward in this next season for living waters that you're excited about? Yeah. So, uh, kind of interesting that I've been doing this training through work in the, over the last few weeks, and I've been hearing them use this term being an innovative disruptor. Hmm. And I feel like it's it's such a powerful term to grasp onto, and especially for us in this season as we're moving into the next season, hmm. like just thinking about, all right, what do we need to hold loosely? What do we need to look at maybe in some of our systems that... Um, we've gotten really static in or that we've gotten too comfortable in and how do we let Holy Spirit really be that innovative disruptor to Mm -hmm. those things and um, us being able to be open to make those changes where necessary and be and I think it's uncomfortable but I think it's also really exciting too to see what's going to happen when we allow Holy Spirit to show up Mm -hmm. that way yeah Oh, that's so oh, good. That's really cool. Innovative disruptor. I, I feel like I've heard that term too, but more recent. You, is it something yeah, that's coming up? Have you said that? I don't. Maybe I heard I it on a so. podcast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and it's even for us. Like, how do we? How does living waters? Not that it's about living waters, but some of the things that we're called to do is to, is through the innovation of innovation of what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. How we do things is mm-hmm. it just disrupts people enough of that normalcy to go? Oh wait. Maybe yeah. there's a different way to do this, or maybe yeah. there's a different approach to this, and mm-hmm. whether that's from community groups to building community around my own life or building disciples, creating disciples mm-hmm. like that innovative disruption yeah. is a rad phrase. Yeah, let's it's grab cool. onto that. That is super cool. Well, thank you, Alyssa, for sharing that with us, yeah. hanging out with us, letting us have some of your uh, peanut butter and apples. I won't send <laughs> these home with you. Well, but it was the great. the team can snack on those. Yeah, we'll put it out there and see if it <laughs> We all we have grazers out there, yeah. so they will they'll consume these things. But, awesome. uh, but thanks for yeah. hanging out; it was good stuff. Um, thank you guys for being with us today. Living Water Sketches. 
telling people stories. We believe that telling stories helps people connect and connected people create community. And that's really what our heart is. So we appreciate you guys for being with us today. Thank you. Mm-hmm.